Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time in your word. We just pray, Lord, that you give me the gift of teaching, that we would each glean something from this study today as we go over Proverbs 8. We thank you for bringing us back together, and we give this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to do a quick review so we can get back on track. And as most of you know, the major theme of the book of Proverbs is wisdom. And after this study, we're going to get into some, moving forward, some real practical matters that we can apply to our lives, uh, family matters, money, self-control, the mouth, those kinds of things. So who doesn't need wisdom? From making daily decisions, such as what to eat, what kind of exercise to do that will work for us, how to schedule our time, how to navigate relationships, how to school our kids or even our grandkids now, whether to attend church or events, to seemingly bigger, life-altering ones, wisdom is a much-needed commodity. And as we delight in God's wisdom, the goal is then to act upon what we learn in order for our lives to line up and change according to God's word. So here's a definition I gave you guys way at the beginning. Wisdom means being skillful and successful in one's relationships, observing and following the creator's principles of order in the moral universe. Wisdom means being skillful and successful in one's relationships, observing and following the creator's principles of order in the moral universe. And a few other things about biblical wisdom. It begins with a right relationship with the Lord. It has to do with character and values. It means looking at the world through the grid of God's truth. It means we have what it takes to deal with adversity successfully so we grow spiritually and the Lord is glorified and honored. And as I read Proverbs 8 over and over and the title of our study, Wisdom's Invitation, I came to the conclusion for my own life that wisdom's invitation is to listen. And I have realized more and more that I get in a mode of moving along and I don't listen as I should. My husband always has good input. And sometimes so much so that I don't want to listen to him and have him be right again. Because I always say, you're always right. <laughs> Drives me crazy sometimes. So I hear him, but I don't always listen. Um, and over the vacation, my heel was killing me. It hurt so bad. Like I would wake up in the morning and I couldn't even put pressure on it. And he's like, this is what you do. So he told me what to do, wear my tennis shoes through the house all day, every day. And I actually listened to him. And he was right. It was, I just don't wear the right kind of shoes and it messes up my heel. And so sometimes we hear, but we don't listen. Um, the other day I was trying to find the Costco on Sossaman and wherever it is over there. And I was going down. He told me how to go. I listened. I thought I had it all down and I did listen. And he was telling me, when you, once you get here, turn on Sossaman. So I thought I turned on Sossaman, and I'm like, where is this place? And so I didn't call him. I called my sister, and I'm like, I'm lost. I said, I know it should be right here. And she says, are you on Sossaman? And I heard her, and I just was like, yes, I am on Sossaman. And she kept asking me, are you on Sossaman? Yes, I'm on Sossaman. And then I look up, and I go, I'm not on Sossaman. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we hear, but we don't listen. And so it's, uh, that's how I am. So um, my goal through the power of the Holy Spirit is to take wisdom's invitation and listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And some questions I am asking myself is, do I need to be talking? Um, 
Is it time to let others talk and truly listen to them? Do I interrupt people because I think what I'm going to say is so important? Do I repeat myself often thinking that will help somebody really hear or listen to what I'm saying? And that's what I do with my adult kids sometimes. So um, more listening, less talking. And even with our adult kids, I, when they're all together and they're all having fun and they're talking, you know, you just want to be in the action and you want to give your two cents. And I'm realizing the Lord showed me, pull back, let them enjoy each other. They're adults, let them, you know, give their discussions, their feedback, what they think of this and that. And I don't have to be in on everything. And obviously this plays into our relationship with the Lord. Uh, we need to pull back and let him lead. Are we listening to wisdom's invitation? And so we also studied Rahab. So we're going to start with her before we go into the proverb. Because I believe Rahab is a good listening example for us. Her story is in Joshua 2. Joshua sent out two men to spy out the land of Jericho. And they ended up at Rahab's home, a harlot. She helped them hide and escape, and yes, she lied to keep them safe. So this is another topic altogether that we're not going to address today for the sake of time. But I took the name Rahab, and I made an acronym out of it. So R-A-H-A-B, and I put some things with her name um, that I found in Joshua. R, I put, recognized her need for wisdom. She reached out to the only true God to save her. In Joshua 2, 9 through 13, we read, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sean and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. And so she recognized her need for wisdom. A, she acted on the belief by receiving the spies. So she gave proof of a changed life by having action behind it. James 2.25 Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? So her faith had action. H, she was a harlot turned to a hero. And that is found in the hall, and she's found in the hall of faith in the New Testament in Hebrews 11, as it's sometimes called. And in Matthew 1, there are four women mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus, and she was one of them. C.S. Lewis says, Four women mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus were damaged and tainted, yet they all appear in the adoptive heritage of Jesus, ancestors of his adopted father, Joseph. They remind us that the Lord adopts us all as well, though we are tainted and damaged by sin. It is never impossible for someone to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. God in his grace uses people we might think could never become his servants. And 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 29 says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. 
And so God can use anyone, even us. And so we're, we're blessed. A is for added her family to her own safety. In Joshua 2.12, it says, Now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token and spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. And I think, especially as women, we want to scoop up our family, our kids, our grandkids. We want to scoop them up and add them into salvation. Obviously, they have to make their own choice, but we're all like, Lord, save them all. And so we keep praying for them and we don't give up. The spies became surety, like a pledge as a bondsman for her family as Christ is for us. In Hebrews 7.22, it says, By so much more, Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. So he is our pledge. The last uh, letter B, believer. Hebrews 11.31, By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. In Joshua 6, 21 through 25, Rahab and her family were rescued from judgment, and we know the scarlet cord in her window is a picture of the blood of Christ covering her and her family. Verse 21 says, And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, oxen, sheep, and donkey, with the edge of the sword. But Joshua had said to the two men who had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house, and from there bring out the woman and all that she has, as you swore to her. And the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brothers, and all that she had. So they brought out all her relatives and left them outside the camp of Israel. But they burned the city and all that was in it with fire. Only the silver and gold and the vessels of bronze and iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua spared Rahab, the harlot, her father's household, and all that she had. So Rahab is a great example of listening to wisdom's call. She was aware of how God blessed the Israelites. She heard about this great God, and she wanted to be part of it. She took wisdom's invitation. And so we're going to now go to Proverbs 8, if you want to turn there. Verse 1, does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? She takes her stand on the top of the hill beside the way where the paths meet. And when you look those words up, it's the beaten path. Verse 3, she cries out by the gates at the entry of the city, at the entrance of the doors. So from the top of the hill, by gates, at the entrance of the city, we find wisdom on the beaten path. Wisdom is not hiding. She does not hide. How many times do we feel it does? When we need wisdom, we're like, where is wisdom in this situation? She was there at the beginning of time and is still available to us today. Colossians 2.3, speaking of Jesus, says, In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So Jesus is our true source of wisdom, and he is where we need to turn when we are looking for it. Proverbs 8.4, To you, O men, or whosoever, if you look that up, so all of us, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men, O you simple ones or foolish ones, understand prudence, which is discretion or good sense, and you fools or you stupid or silly, be of an understanding heart. And so that can apply to all of us. Verse 6, listen. So that's our key word. Let's all listen. For I will speak of excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things. For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. 
All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. They are all plain to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. And so we are to listen to wisdom and wisdom's vocabulary is pure. In Philippians 4.8, we are told to dwell on these things that are wisdom's character. So Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And so we are to meditate on these things, and that is wisdom, and it keeps our hearts pure before the Lord. When we are dwelling on ugly things, sinful things, or rehearsing horrible things, maybe someone said to us, this does not encourage us, and this is not wisdom. And something is always vying for our attention and competing with God's voice of wisdom, and I'm sure you guys see it in your own life. Cleaning calls out. Cooking calls out, shopping calls out, Instagram calls out, texts call out, emails, friends, they call out, even good music calls out, and we can get so full of these things that we barely sit in silence to hear wisdom call out, to meditate on these beautiful things. And listening to wisdom takes active persistence. And how many times when we are listening to others are we distracted? We are emptying the dishwasher, you're on the phone, you're trying to do the old thing where you put it on your shoulder, and we're doing everything. Um, The other day, I admit, I'm talking to my sister, and I don't even know what she was talking about, but I had to get something out of the fridge, so I just put the phone down, and I'm doing everything, and then I come back, and I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, we don't usually listen. (laughs) I know, that's not good. Or we have the kids or the grandkids in the background and we're trying to take care of that as well. And we rarely sit down, at least I don't, rarely sit down and just have a real phone call where that's all you're doing is actually being on the phone. Um, We're so mobile, we're in the car driving on the phone, we're on the go. Or we're looking at our phone when we're with somebody and, you know, yeah, 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 and people are doing that. You see that all the time out at the restaurants or, you know, we've all maybe been guilty of it. So, but we can be the same way with our relationship with the Lord. We f- we're trying to fit him in, but we're not really taking the time to be quiet before him and get rid of all the distractions, the phone, the cleaning, the laundry, whatever's pulling at you. Um, when we went up north after Christmas, we took our kids and grandkids up north to strawberry was really a blessing the reception up there wasn't very good but of course if you wanted to sign into the wi-fi everything could get better but my husband and i we just took our phones and for two days and two nights we just stuck them in the room and we just we didn't we figured if there's an emergency there's other people right that can take care of things um and it was pretty glorious not to have we I didn't know what the news was I didn't know you know there was just nothing and so I encourage you to try it sometime just put things away I mean of course our kids had their phones but they actually did really well with them everybody was focused on being together Um, but that's what we need to do with our relationship with the Lord we've got to put things away we've got to focus on him especially in this new year so Proverbs 8.10, receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies and all things one may desire cannot be compared with her. So wisdom can grow as we age and true wisdom does not fade. 
and we are told to receive wisdom's instruction just as Rahab received the spies actively. Gold and silver and all the things of the world are temporary. Nothing can compare to wisdom. And as we age, obviously we fade, but prayerfully our wisdom can increase. And when you realize you're fading or you're getting old, you're aging, it can be a blow. Um, I was at a soccer game and I showed up with my daughter, Vanessa. She's 33. And one of the little peers of her son, he's six, she said to him, whatever his name was, Johnny. She said, hi, Johnny, this is my mom. And he goes, I didn't know your mom was a grandma. And, you know, just hit you. Yeah, I look like a grandma, you know, that's just life. So we, we get older, but the beauty of growing old is some things do get better if we stay on track with Jesus. And that's the goal. Proverbs twenty twenty nine: the glory of young men is their strength and the splendor of old men is their gray head. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, which is probably my favorite verse. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal." Back to Proverbs 8, 12. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. Remember, that's discretion or good sense. And find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Pastor Chuck Smith says, The fear of the Lord will cause us to hate evil. Having the heart of God means we love what he loves and hate what he hates. We can't fear the Lord and embrace evil things. Being drawn to evil is a sign that you are losing your fear and respect of God. Ephesians 5, 10 through 12 says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. And so we're just to look at our lives and what are we talking about um, what are we speaking about? And we are to embrace good things, not evil things. Proverbs 8:14. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles, all the judges of the earth. And in Daniel 4:25, in reference to King Nebuchadnezzar, it says that they shall drive thee from men and thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field and they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen and they shall wet thee with the dew of heaven and seven times shall pass over thee till thou know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomsoever he will. And that's encouraging for us and where we're at in our country. He is in control, thankfully. So whatever happens this year and whoever's in office, we have to remember that God gives it to whomsoever he wills. He has a plan. Proverbs eight seventeen. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. And if you look at that in the King James, it says, I love them that love me and those that seek me early shall find me. So whether your quiet time is in the morning or evening isn't really the issue, but is he the first one on your mind when you wake up? Do you seek him early and do you seek him diligently? Are we diligently seeking for wisdom and are we listening? 
Early in our Christian life, we made a commitment to have our quiet time daily. And pretty much we do every single day. And that's not to boast. It just becomes part of who you are. It's like putting on your shoes or brushing your teeth. It just becomes who you are. And we've never regretted it. We have found wisdom along our path. We have sought it out. And God is always faithful. Mark one thirty five in reference to Jesus says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Exodus 24.4, And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord, and he rose early in the morning. Isaiah 26.9, With my soul I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me I will seek you early. And so just continuing to seek the Lord. Back to Proverbs 8.18. Riches and honor are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice, that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. And so that doesn't mean you're going to be healthy and you know, millionaires, it means a depository like a house, a cellar. God will provide for us. God will always provide for us. And as we go on here, we see wisdom is a possession of Jesus Christ. Verse 22 in Proverbs 8. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way before his works of old. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning before there was ever an earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields, the primal dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was daily, daily, I think it says his delight, but, I'm getting, yep, daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and my delight was with the sons of men. So the wisdom of God was at work in the creation of the universe, and this foreshadows Christ as the creative word that brought everything into being. John 1, 1 through 4, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And so now as we get close to finishing up, wisdom calls for a sincere, life-changing decision. Verse 32. Now therefore listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not disdain it. Or do not refuse it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me love death. And so watching there means to be alert, to be sleepless, and to be on the lookout. And waiting means to guard, generally to protect, attend, to observe, preserve. So rejecting wisdom leads to sorrow and ultimately spiritual separation from God. 
We're to turn from sin and turn to Christ. Be like a servant waiting and watching daily at your master's door. Listen. And it's easy to say, yes, I heard you, but listening involves true action. When we were up on our trip with the grandkids, we sat them all down. We had nine grand boys with us, gave them all the rules of the playroom and everything that was going on. And they're all looking at you. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. We got it. They go. Then you go back there to the playroom and, you know, one of the rules was don't slide down the banister because there's a stairs up there and don't even go up those stairs. Five of them are up on the stairs. One's going down the banister, you know. And so it's so easy to hear, but listening is totally different. Listening is to give attention with the ear, attend closely to the purpose of hearing, and then deeper than the physical act of just hearing, it's to pay attention, heed, obey. That's what true listening is. And let me give you a few listening verses. Ruth 2.8, Then Boaz said to Ruth, You will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. And she did. Psalm 34.11, Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Psalm 81.13, Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. And we know Israel always didn't or doesn't do that. Proverbs 7.24, Now therefore, listen to me, my children. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Proverbs 19.20, Listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. Proverbs 23:22 Listen to your father who begot you and do not despise your mother when she is old. Isaiah 46:3 and 4 Listen to me O house of Jacob and all the remnant of the house of Israel who have been upheld by me from birth who have been carried from the womb even to your old age I am he and even to gray hairs I will carry you I have made and I will bear even I will carry and will deliver you. Ezekiel 3, 7, but the house of Israel will not listen to you because they will not listen to me. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. And we've read all about that many times. Acts 13, 16, then Paul stood up and motioning with his hand said, men of Israel and you who fear God, listen. And so that's my encouragement to you. Women of God, you who fear God, listen. And in the King James that means to give audience. Listen is to give audience. So let us as women fear God and listen, give audience to God, and um, we will receive that wisdom. And so we're going to pray, and then I have one more thing for you. It's a listening quiz that I'm going to give you guys. And you can just sit down and do it really fast, and it's just going to give you a self-check on your listening skills. Now, obviously, this is in reference to other people, but if you're having trouble listening to other people, then we're probably having trouble listening to God. And so um, at the bottom, I put listening is 45% verbal and 55% nonverbal. And so, you know, when you're standing with somebody and you're doing this, you're nonverbally showing them that you're not listening. Um, of the 45% that's actually verbal, that you're speaking out, 38% is given out by your tone. So 7% is really the words they're hearing. They're taking in everything else. So out of 100%, they're watching how you're acting, what you're doing, um, what's your tone. 
and the words you know are not necessarily what's going in as much as all those other things so that's just a little something but we'll pray and then we'll give this out and you guys can do it real quick you can um go get your food and go to your tables let's pray Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, Lord, and we do ask, Lord, that you would help us to listen this year. Help us to listen to others. Help us to listen to you. Help us to open our heart to wisdom, that we would ask for it on a daily basis, that we would ask for it the moment we wake up, that we would um, just continue to seek hard after you in the days ahead, Lord. We know it's going to be a different kind of year. But we know you're part of it, and we thank you so much for being who you are and that we have you and we have one another. We are so grateful. I ask that you bless the food to our bodies, Lord. Thank you for the women that have brought it. We thank you for this beautiful time. In Jesus' name, amen.